Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast, book 13, chapter 3. Why do you think Kutuzov is so hesitant to attack despite his apparent advantage? And what do you think Benningson wanted from all this? Yermolov strongly thought they should attack. Do you think Benningson agreed? Kutuzov's move, alright, just wait. Even when it looks like you've got the advantage, just wait, because they'll tire themselves out. They'll do something wrong. Um, that's his move, and it works. Ripster 66 says, I'm not sure why Kutuzov is unwilling to attack at this point, unless he hoped to manoeuvre to a different location first. I don't think Tolstoy explains his hesitancy yet, but it certainly seems the Russian army is eager for battle after retreating for so long. It feels like to me he wants to defend, you know, and his defence is a passive defence. He lets them have Moscow, he lets them burn it down, they've got nothing to eat, you know, the army's all gone berserk because they've kind of disbanded as the French army, they've just, they've all become marauders rather than an army. And this disarray, he just lets it fester, he lets them have the city and lets them ruin it and ruin their own army, and he'll just let that continue. I don't think he wants to attack, I think he wants to defend. You know, he's on his home town, home turf. Defending your own country is easier than sort of, you know, defending outside of it. It's a home, home court advantage, right? Uh, so he's got a strong defense. And I think he just wants to use that. That's my gut, you know. Warren Kovafi says, I thought it's so in- sort of interesting that a Cossack stumbling on the French while rabbit hunting helped lead to the decision by Kutuzov to attack. With them being so nearby, it appears Kutuzov had to finally unleash his army. Um, yeah, he wants to do it at the last minute. And FDLP1 says, Kutuzov has been largely cautious since Borodino. I think he just recognises the toll war has taken and doesn't want to expose the Russian side unnecessarily. I loved this line on military assignments, as if this had an impact on anything at all beyond the self-esteem of A and B. Um, yeah. Cool. I kind of, I don't know, I really like Kutuzov, I like the way he plays it. He just waits, you know? It's like when someone's talking and talking and talking and you just kind of think, if I just listen long enough and nod my head, they'll eventually put their own foot in their own mouth like you don't have to do anything um it's a bit like that chapter four goes like this benningson's note and the cossacks information that the left flank of the french was unguarded were merely final indications that it was necessary to order an attack and it was fixed for the 5th of october on the morning of the 4th of october kutuzov signed the dispositions toll read them to ermolov asking him to attend to the further arrangements all right all right i haven't time just now replied ermolov and left the hut the dispositions drawn up by Toll were very good, as in the Austerlitz dispositions. It was written, though not in German this time. The first column will march here and here. The second column will march there and there. Oops. <clears throat> there and there. And so on. And on paper, all these columns arrived at their places at the appointed time and destroyed the enemy. Everything had been admirably thought out as is usual in dispositions and is always the case. Not a single column reached its place at the appointed time. When the unnecessary number of copies of the disposition had been prepared, an officer who summoned and sent to deliver them to Ermolov to deal with. 
a young officer of the Horse Guards, Kutuzov's orderly, pleased at the importance of the mission entrusted to him, went to Ermolov's quarters. Gone away, said Ermolov's orderly. The officer of the Horse Guards went to the, a general with whom Ermolov was often to be found. No, and the general's out too. The officer mounting his horse rode off to someone else. No, he's gone out. If only they don't make me responsible for this delay. What a nuisance it is, thought the officer, and he rode round the whole camp. One man said he had been he had seen Ermolov ride past with some other generals. Others said he must have returned home. The officer searched till six o'clock in the evening without even stopping to eat. Ermolov was nowhere to be found, and no one knew where he was. The officer snatched a little food at the comrades and rode again to the vanguard to find Milorodovich. Milorodovich too was away, but here he was told that he had gone to a ball at General Kikin's and that Ermolov was probably there too. But where is it? Why, there, over at Etchkino, said the Cossack officer, pointing to a country house in the far distance. What, outside our line? They've put two regiments as outposts and they're having such a spree there, it's awful. Two bands and three sets of singers. The officer rode out beyond our lines to Echkino. While still at a distance, he heard as he rode the merry sounds of a soldier's dance song proceeding from the house. In the meadows, in the meadows, he heard, accompanied by whistling and the sounds of a torban, drowned every now and then by shouts. These sounds made his spirits rise, but at the time, at the same time, he was afraid that he would be blamed for not having executed sooner the important order entrusted to him. It was already past eight o'clock. He dismounted and went up into the porch of a large country house, which had remained intact between the Russian and French forces. In the refreshment room and the hall, footmen were bustling about with wine and viands. viands. Groups of singers stood outside the windows. The officer was admitted, immediately saw all the chief generals of the army together, and among them Ermolov's big imposing figure. They all had their coats unbuttoned and were standing in a semicircle with flushed and animated faces, laughing loudly. In the middle of the room, a short, handsome general with a red face was dancing the trepak with much spirit and agility. Ha ha ha, bravo, Nicholas Ivanich, ha ha ha. The officer felt that by arriving with important orders at such a moment he was doubly to blame, and he would have preferred to wait, but one of the generals espied him, and hearing what he had come about, informed Ermolov. Ermolov came forward with a frown on his face, and hearing what the officer had to say, took the papers from him without a word. You think he went off just by chance, said a comrade who was on the staff that evening to the officer of the house guards referring to Ermolov. It was a trick. It was done on purpose to get Konosvitsin into trouble. You'll see what a mess there'll be tomorrow. All right, that's the chapter. Let's see what a mess there will be tomorrow, eh? Thanks for listening. I'll see you then.